your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out. Chappelle and Lauren Hill at the Hollywood Bowl tonight. <laughs> I am Rhea Butcher. I am not Lauren Hill, nor am I Dave Chappelle. So give it up for me. Thank you to this person for sitting in the front row. Give it up for this person. I love that there is literally no one in the front row. Oh, this is the greatest. I had this whole thing planned where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bare my soul on stage tonight. Maybe I'll even cry. I hear that's what's hot in stand-up comedy these days. <laughs> Thank you, Mary Lee. <laughs> I knew that's who that was. Anyway, maybe I'll just sit over here and do stand-up from here. And then it's like we can just all kind of have the same experience. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Everybody can hear what that person just said because we're all... It's kind of like you're just in my living room with me, and I like that about it. Only with your permission. Yes, of course. And um, don't talk anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding, but also don't talk anymore. Anyway, just kidding, but don't talk anymore. I mean, I love you. Great choices. You made good choices, but don't talk anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. on the planet you are my favorite person on the fucking planet where did come back you forgot your knapsack i'm a wordsmith what can i say please come back please come back unless you had to take that call oh they did okay i don't want to i don't want to bring any more attention to them while they took their call anyway please come in and sit down they're back! Yes! No, it's okay, friend. It's okay. Don't do it ever again for the rest of your life. Is everybody doing well? <laughs> yes! I love that response. Just a bunch of ocarinas in the crowd. That's <laughs> a very specific reference. As I said, I'm a wordsmith. Okay, I'm not going to talk about my sadness because it already went away. <laughs> <laughs> I just got real sad uh, and I said this last week I'll say it again because I'm working this joke out I'm not flagging I'm just crying a lot that one's for the gays all the straights are like I don't know what you're talking oh it's not sticking out of my pocket also that, that would help <laughs> Jesus Christ I'm a wordsmith not a visual jokist I worked from home today I got the email an hour. This is a great show. This is a great show. It's also a podcast, but that is so faint. There's no way it's going to be on the podcast. And everybody's just going to be like, what is this person talking about? That also sounded like, do you remember those little keyboards you could get at KB Toys? Yes. <laughs> this is literally a conversation. 
This is not a stand-up show. It's a conversation. It's not even a TED Talk. It's a conversation. We're What's happening in here? Did somebody bring a soundboard with them? The Chappelle show is that way. That was crazy traffic. I've never seen traffic like that before. Little do they know, Dave Chappelle is going to do a tight eight hours <laughs> about what's wrong in comedy. And that, my friends, is what's wrong with comedy. Anyway, okay, so I was, I got the email this morning that I was working from home like an hour beforehand, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some manual labor. I'm feeling not great today. <clears throat> not good today. So I'm going to do some manual labor. I'm going to switch out my tires on my bike. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to, I'm going to have a task with a clear beginning, middle, and end, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to feel good, and then I'm going to write some words in a computer and send it to somebody else. That's what I'm going to do with my day. And so I got the tires out. I start, I get like all my tools lined up, feeling good about it. And then I realize I ordered the wrong size tires and tubes. Now I have been meditating for about 10 days. I think someone laughed at that as you should. We're in Los Angeles. When someone says they're meditating, you should laugh. Usually they're going to be like, I'm eating kale smoothies, and the crystals are really working for me. But here's the thing. Sometimes you get to a point where you need to meditate, drink kale smoothies, and have some crystals really working for you. Because that's just what you've got to do, man. But I will say that this happened to me, and I did not throw anything. I didn't break anything. I just started texting my friends and said, hey, what's a good bike shop? And so I put my bike in my car, and I drove my bike in my car, which is a turducken of failure, if you ask me. I, I was like, don't even put the rack on your car, because you're just really asking for it then, to try to attach a rack to a car when you're already like, <laughs> my life is over. You can't do that. So I was at least aware of that situation. So I put my bike in, I took it to the bike shop. I was immediately like preparing myself for the shame of going into a bike shop and asking them to put tires on my bike for me, because it's kind of one of the most basic things you need to learn how to do about your bike. Sometimes you have to do it on the side of the road. So I felt a certain sense of failure and shame going into this bike shop. And I just took it in. The guy was super nice to me. He was like, yeah, just give me like an hour. So I went and I had some avocado toast. Not because that's what I prefer, but because it was the cheapest thing on the menu. <laughs> I ate that. I went into the army surplus store. I looked at some knives. <laughs> For like a long time. Just sort of stood there. Looked at them. It's like, I like these knives. Good knives. And then a woman came in on her phone talking to the store. She entered the store and said, Do you have matches? Do you have do you have a knife? I need a straight knife and a flat knife. Can you sharpen it? That's how she entered. Now this was a young person. And she just walked in and was just on her phone the whole time and then was just yelling at the guy running. She was like, do you have matches? Do you have, I need a pirate knife. Do you have a pirate knife? It's something called a pirate knife, like a flat pirate knife, just yelling, yelling, yelling. And then I was like, could I have two of those? Can I have matches? She just was yelling at the institution. 
So I went into my meditative breathing and I asked for two California flag patches. <laughs> Somebody's meditating right now. And then she kept screaming like through me to this guy and we both, without acknowledging it whatsoever, chose to ignore this other human being. 100%. And she continued to just yell at us like a toddler asking for a toy and we were like, he was like, I don't have this one over here, but I could get you this one. It's kind of the same thing, a little bit bigger. And she was like, I need a flat knife, like a flat, sharp knife. And I was like, yeah, that seems good. I'm into that. That sounds like a, totally fine with that. Three ninety five, same price? Sure, sounds good. Just flat knife, do you have matches for smoking? And just yelling. <laughs> then I went to the dog store and I bought some duck treats. Not treats for ducks, unfortunately. And they were like, hey, your dog likes duck treats you should maybe try duck feet. And I was like, I'm not gonna buy duck feet and give my dog duck feet. I'm a vegetarian. I'm not buying anybody's feet. She was like, I get it. And then I left and I went to the bike shop to go get my bike. And I was like, thank you so much for putting these tires on my bike. I can totally do this, but I got up this morning and I was trying to do some manual labor, make myself feel good, get my hands dirty, you know, do a task, and then I realized I got the wrong size tires, and I just couldn't do it. And I'm proud of myself for not throwing a fit and getting angry and just taking care of it, you know? Sometimes you just need somebody to help you, and they were like, yeah, I totally get it. Sometimes you just don't want to do something. And I was like, no. You're kind of listening to me. You're also being really nice. I wanted to do it. And then he was like, yeah, I get it. Sometimes you just don't want to get your hands dirty. Wait a second. That was literally the first thing I said I wanted to do. <laughs> and then a car, a truck outside backed its blind spot mirror into a telephone pole and it exploded. And I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna walk away from this whole situation. I don't need to go into it anymore. Okay, we have a great show. I do want to talk about other things. Just one other thing, which is that uh, the creator of Burton Ernie today... <laughs> I, I love... I love this audience. <laughs> yes! So the creator of Burton Ernie, yes! The creator of Burton Ernie today said that they were gay. They're gay. He wrote them as gay. When he was making them, they were gay. They're gay. And I'm trying to spend time off the internet and not pay attention to this stuff, but I did like see it because I just, because I've been off the internet, I just saw the trending topics, which was Bert, Ernie. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? What's going on? And so I had to know why Bert and Ernie were trending separately. And like, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course. But it's also really amazing to see that it's not like a Joe and Blair situation where you're like, y'all are gay. And they're like, no, we're not. And then you're like, yes, you are. Do you not understand? Watch yourselves on camera. <laughs> it's the facts of life. It's like a 300-year-old television show. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I could hear it. Anyway. <laughs> So the thing that I love about this is that like, yes, clearly they're gay. C 
clearly they are gay. Clearly. I have so many jokes about this, but I'm not going to talk about them on this show. But specifically about the, the amazing thing that I love about this is that people were losing their shit about Sesame Street characters being gay because it's like a show for kids or like th- this is ridiculous. Completely dismissing the fact that literally the person that made them is like, yes, they're gay. This situation is the closest we could ever get to God saying, yes, they're gay. I made them that way. (laughs) Deal with it. Deal with it. Keep praying to me and deal with it. I didn't write the book. You did. That's really good. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I really like that bit. He's literally their creator. He's their creator! And he's saying they're gay. And then these white assholes on Twitter are like, I don't know about this. (laughs) Miss Piggy and Kermit, those are adult Muppets. (laughs) They were prime time. Okay, prime time. So can we not have any sex in Sesame Street? Yes, Gordon and Susan had children. We don't know that they (laughs) had sex for that child, though. Oh, oh, wait, you're telling me uh, 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 the Grouch had a girlfriend? Well, look, they didn't have sex in that can. Yes, they definitely did. It's Oscar the Grouch. Why do you think he's so angry? He had to have sex in a can. (laughs) Okay, great. Are you excited for this show? I'm super excited. I mean, the show that's currently happening. Like, all of a sudden, now it's a show. <laughs> Maybe. Can I get some more sound effects, audience? Okay. I meant the little keyboard, but I love where your hearts are at. All right. This first comic, one of my favorite friends, I got to see him do stand-up in Chicago for so many years. He's such a wonderful person. Give it up for James Fritz, everybody. One more time for Rhea Butcher, everyone. So nice. What a nice night. Thank you for coming out in heavy traffic. It's, uh, It's great to come together and do comedy. It's a weird time. To do comedy, you travel around, and it just feels like, you know, like we've never been more divided as a people, and I think a big reason that is is, like, all the labels, you know, like, everyone's in their own little category. There's, like, a conservative, neoconservative, liberal, neoliberal, socialist, democratic, social. like, there's so many boxes you can be in, and I'm, like, the same person I've always been, you know, just someone who thinks we should skin the children of the rich in front of them so they stay afraid of us. Like, my party left me. I'm 40 years old and I work Postmates. All right. (laughs) Love work, what's up? Thought I heard something. (laughs) Sounded like my father's disapproval, anyway. Yeah, uh, I do. I work Postmates in in this fucking city, so I hate liberals too. Um, <laughs> fuck, fuck these wealthy neoliberal fucks. I love, 
in Postmates in Los Angeles, they pay you by the mile, which is hilarious. They should pay you by the incline of the hill you have to drive up in your 2002 Ford Focus that doesn't have a second gear. Can a car have gout? I don't know. But it... <laughs> to deliver a poke bowl to young Ethan who had to leave school early because he was triggered. Fuck you. <laughs> Live among the poor people if you're liberal. All right? Not on a hill. Um, <laughs> I'm a little fucking jittery too because I... Uh, I tried to quit smoking, because I fell in love, is what happened. I fell, yeah, it's great. It was completely unexpected. I, uh, I fell in love with an amazing woman, and she likes me, and I don't get it. And like, <laughs> but it's great, and it came out of nowhere. And I do that awful thing that like, like people in, in, in uh, relationships say to like, you know, single losers, like a lot of you guys, like it's, I do that awful thing. <laughs> Where it's like, ah, oh, it happened. It'll happen when you least expect it, you know. And that's the worst thing to hear when you're like alone. You're like, I guess I'll just keep puffing paint until my angel comes along. And but it's kind of what happened. It was a fucking it, out of nowhere. Boom! I'm in love, and she's great, and she wants me to quit smoking. And so I've been trying to quit smoking, and like I had to use like an app to do it, like, because I have no spine of my own. I need a robot to give me points so I don't kill myself with cancer, you know? And, and so I've got this fucking app, and it's clearly designed by a sadist non-smoker. No smoker made this app, because the number one feature is it tells you how many, like, uh, months and years you've added to your now miserable smoke-free life. And it's like, I don't want more time on this dying cesspool of a fucking rock we live on. I just want now to be better. I just want to make love to my beautiful girlfriend without coughing butter on her tits or like walk a rich man's dog up a mountain for $13 an hour without looking like my father. I don't want more of this shit. I just want now to be good. And I got my taste buds back. Fuck you. I don't need that shit. I'm a taste buds are a luxury for the rich, okay? I don't need to know what the shit I eat actually tastes like. It's like, oh, happy day. Now I know what a 99 cent store Polish sausage tastes like, and it tastes like a cigarette, and then that triggered me, and I was back to two packs a day. So that's going well. Um, <laughs> I'm from a uh, beautiful state of Kentucky. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised Trump won. <laughs> I was out here and everyone was so surprised. And I was like, nope, seems about right. Um, you know, because like, and like, finally, we're starting to admit why Trump won. Like, for a while, you know, liberals, we don't like to admit what the problem is that like, Half of the country are hateful racists. We're just like, maybe if NPR can interview enough diner waitresses in Mud Crutch, Pennsylvania, we'll get into the mind of the working, white working voter. They can't, it's about trade, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's about trade. <laughs> I remember hearing about that a lot growing up in the South. People would not shut the fuck up about complex international trade policy just all the time. Like, on the playgrounds, at school, in parking lots, just trade, trade. <laughs> like, sometimes they get so mad, they'd be like, look at that trade-loving looking motherfucker over there, get him, you know? <laughs> Texas. Texas, yeah. <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> Everyone just admit where you're from and why you're in Los Angeles. <laughs> Texas, <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I'm from a state that built an ark. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I'm from a state that built an ark with taxpayer dollars. The ark, you know, from the Bible. I didn't lose you on the ark, did I? <laughs> You don't know the Bible. It's the book that gets every politician elected in every state, but this one, you know, the Bible. And uh, built a big ark with taxpayers. We're currently 30, uh, 47th in education, but we got a big fucking boat, y'all. We love our boat. Come see the boat. We got two of every kind of flavored dip on board. It's beautiful. Just the USS Unlimited breadsticks sitting up on blocks in the middle of our podunk state. And these are the people who are in power. These are the people running shit, and they're the same assholes who don't believe in global warming, so I know, like, once the seas rise and drown you and me and all of our woke, diverse friends that we know and love, the only thing that'll be left is, like, a boat full of a thousand hillbillies floating above what used to be America, just shouting, we won, at the sun. <laughs> so, vote. I don't know how voting locally is going to fix all that. <laughs> but Vote. I love my Tomboy X underwear. It fits me well. It's made out of really great fabric. It lasts forever. So it's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Underwear that's got way more frills than function. You know that kind of underwear. Or underwear that your mom got to fem you up. You don't want that. It's time to wear underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. Tomboy X. Tomboy X has everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts to soft bras and razorback bras. Plus, they come in all day, everyday basic colors and fun seasonal prints. And all with options from extra small to 4X. So, regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. Or anybody. You see what they did there. So go to TomboyX.com slash hands together and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. Put your hands together, listeners. We'll get an extra 15% off with the code hands together. Again, just use the code hands together for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash hands together. James Fritz, everybody. Let him hear it. I don't know. I thought Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez winning a primary was going to fix everything. <laughs> I, James was saying that nobody talks about trade. That is very true, and I'm not going to deny his pre- premise because it's very true. I will say, growing up in Ohio, which is just a little bit north of Kentucky, uh, my dad did talk about trade all the time, which is, he said, fucking NAFTA. All the time. And that's just kind of what he said. The NAFTA. NAFTA. Oh, yeah. Well, what? Hey, Dad. Uh, what is it? Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but beyond that. <laughs> fucking NAFTA. That was it. <laughs> so, yeah, they're into trade, but just like using an acronym to be like. <laughs> anyway, that was worth it. Okay, James Fritz, everybody. <laughs> I love everyone here, but I do have to say there's some a few people that have been talking at the comics. It is a very intimate show, so please refrain from doing that uh, any further. I love all of you. Don't do it. And if you're like, they're not talking to me, I'm talking to you. <laughs> that is always the feeling that you have when you're doing something wrong and somebody's like, yeah, please don't do that anymore. You're like, not me. 
I'm going to keep doing that thing because I'm funny. <laughs> Don't. Let's not. Yes. <laughs> Meditation is about breathing through silence. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to tell yourself, like, hey, man, they're just thoughts. They're just thoughts, buddy. You're just having thoughts. These thoughts aren't actually happening, but this time it's actually happening. <laughs> I think that's super funny. But you're not me. So guess what? We have another comic who is not me coming right up after this. Do you feel good about that? Yeah. Put your hands together. <laughs> this is another friend of the show. Been coming and doing our show for quite some time. I love him. You're going to love him too. Give it up for John Snobble, everybody. Oh my goodness. Give it up for Rhea, everybody. Huh? I am a friend of the show. Thank you very much. Uh, I left my family to come and do this for no money. So, yeah, I'm killing it. Uh, I have a two and a half year old daughter. Uh, so you are looking at a person who said sex at least one time. So not a big deal. Um, anyone else have kids? Great. Okay, good. Three, four people. So that's what you want to do is connect with an audience on a level that they totally understand. <laughs> Uh, so I guess these are less jokes and more cautionary tales for you folks. <laughs> uh, I have a two and a half year old and I don't, I don't know if it's too early to tell or not yet, but she might be the worst person I've ever met. Uh, I like, I love her to death, but she's, a, she's a bad person, just a garbage person, just two stars on Yelp. Cause it's so sarcastic. Like one star you fucked up too. Oh my God. You got some issues to deal with. <laughs> Oh man, she is, she's so terrifying. I, she, so I get out of the shower the other day and she is just standing in the middle of the bathroom facing the wall. And I got out and I was like, I already hate this. I don't even know, I don't know what this is, but I have seen Japanese horror movies and I know this is how they start. <laughs> like it's just a tiny child, not facing you, not making any eye contact, so I was like, okay, well, I'll probably die here today, so I better dry off so I'm not wet when the coroner comes. So I reach for my towel after about 20 seconds of silence, and I reach across, and my daughter decides that she's going to square off to me and point directly at my penis and laugh as hard as she fucking can. <laughs> and then she just decided she was done with this exchange and then just danced backwards out of the bathroom. <laughs> Like, I was just standing there like, what kind of Soul Train roast was I just a part of? Like, I was like, I don't feel clean, and I just got out of the shower, you know? Like, I just wanted to jump back in. Originally, when she laughed at my penis, I got very offended. Like, I was really upset by it. And then thinking back on it, I was like, oh, yeah, she shouldn't think that this thing is awesome at all. Like, that would have been way weirder if she's just facing the wall and then squares off to me and points right at my penis and just goes... Nice! <laughs> Decent rod, Dad. Decent rod? What are you, a plumber? Jesus Christ. A weirdo person. Horrible person. She is uh, the biggest bully at her preschool, which, I mean, I know we're not supposed to bully, but, I mean, if you're going to do it, be the best at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Still pretty proud of her for being the best she can. Oh, man. She, I, like, I went to her school, and uh, the teachers had to pull me aside, and they were like, hey, um, 
We just want to let you know that we had a little bit of problems uh, with Everly today. She did not want to listen or wait her turn. Uh, so what happened was she went up to the boy who was using the swing, and uh, she grabbed him on the shoulders, and she headbutted him off of the swing. Yeah. And I stood there for a good 30 seconds. I was like, are you going to get to the problem here, or what's, what's up? Because that sounds amazing. From my vantage point, that just sounds like a little girl toughening up her skull to break through a glass ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's how it works for me. <laughs> She's going to have your job because she takes what she wants. So you should probably find, you should start driving Uber or something. I can't wait to like justify all of her terrible future behavior behind feminism. That's going to be the best. <laughs> like people are going to be like, um, your daughter's been uh, taking a lot of lunch money from the other students. And I'm just like, yeah, well, where the fuck is she going to get the other 30%, huh? <laughs> Think about it. I go in for parent-teacher conference. They're like, your daughter's been sort of... Um, pointing and laughing at a lot of the boys' penises. We're like, yeah, she does that. I don't know how to get her how to stop. So if you have any, if you know how, I would really love to hear it actually. Be very helpful. Oh, anyone on a first date tonight? All right. <laughs> I literally ask that at almost every show and it has never come through, not once. Never. And I, to me, don't you think that a comedy show would be the best place to bring a first date? Right? Like, because as soon as you see somebody laugh at something, you know that person very intimately. Like, how many times have you been at a, like, a family function and someone just says the word Jew in context and one of your uncles is like, <laughs> like, laughs way too hard for way too long and you're like, Oh, I get it. You're a piece of shit. You're a huge piece of fucking shit, and uh, you shouldn't be allowed to hang around with their family. That's how I think it should be on dates. <laughs> I think comedy is the best first date. I, inversely, I think the movies is the worst first date possible. Has anyone been on a first date to a movies lately? Good. Good for you. Great. Uh, don't, because I've never seen anyone eat popcorn and been like, we gotta fuck after this. <laughs> It's the most disgusting food I've ever... I don't know why that's part of it. Like, there, like, because there's only one way to eat popcorn, which is to take your flat, trowelly hand and dunk it elbow deep into a never-ending bag of buttery treats. And then as you pull it out, you just hold it like you're feeding a goat at a petting zoo. And then you just launch it into your open, stupid mouth with like a 30% hit ratio. Who are you, Cookie Monster? Those are terrible numbers. Get all the food in your mouth. And then at some point you turn over to your date and you just look and you're just like, oh my God, is that popcorn kernel or a dead tooth? Who gives a shit? Oh, give me a hand job in the middle of Dunkirk. Let's get the fuck out of here, huh? This date is over. Um, all right, guys, before I go, I want to read you this. Uh, I am Canadian, if I haven't said a number of words incorrectly. Uh, and just looked healthy as hell. You know what I mean? Um, last time I was in Canada, I found what I consider to be the most Canadian bathroom graffiti I've ever read in my entire life. And I want to share it with you guys. Um, it is a little uh, dirty, so just buckle up for language-wise, okay? Uh, it says, come fuck me up the ass, and I'll suck your cock. And then uh, someone underneath just wrote, right on. 
That's it. That's the whole thing. It's the mo. You could sculpt Justin Trudeau's abs out of maple candy, and it is less Canadian than the thing that I just read to you. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to leave the stage. You're wonderful. Thank you. Good night. Right on. I think I, I don't think I've told you this, but James Fritz will know this. He's not out here, I don't think, but he can probably hear me from there. Um, John, uh, James and I did stand up at the same uh, open mic in Chicago, and it was like a well known spot, um, and it had just started like a couple years. James was there when it first started, and I, that's where I started doing stand up, um, and actually in August was my, uh, seven year stand up comedy anniversary, so whatever, who gives a shit? Yes, I got you. You were so excited, and then I just smacked it down. Time doesn't matter. Anyway, but this the bathroom of this bar was super well-known for its graffiti. It had the greatest graffiti, and I only checked in the women's room because that is the only channel that I really like. So in the women's public restroom at this bar, there was this amazing uh, piece of graffiti, and I have to preface this with the fact that in Chicago... Uh, the bars, there are these uh, gentlemen, typically gentlemen, sometimes gentlewomen, but I've only seen men doing this. They go around with one of those like lunch pail, thermos style lunch pail, like a red, it comes in red or blue, and those are the two choices, just like this country. Red or blue, you can only choose those for your lunch. And they carry those around, and they have tamales in them, and they sell tamales for five, you get three for five bucks or something like that. And they go around to bars, like right when you're getting hungry, when you're drinking, because you have a drinking problem and you need to keep drinking. It's perfectly timed. They bring these tamales, they come in just like grocery bags, just like a thank you, come again bag, and you're like, tearing into this tamale, right? So they come every night. Now, back to the graffiti in the bathroom. Someone wrote the greatest graffiti, bathroom graffiti that I have ever seen in my entire life. It has yet to be bested, which was. Also in Chicago, they have something called Alderman. They're like the neighborhood city council for each little, little neighborhood. Each little neighborhood in Chicago. Holy shit. Yellow leather. Anyway. So it said, tamale man for alderman. Someone wrote that and I was like, fuck yeah, that's the greatest thing I've ever said. Of course, this person should absolutely be the alderman. Tamale guy? Tamale man? For alderman? He's got my vote, for sure. And he's got my five bucks for some cheese tamales. But then, some other genius went into that bathroom with a Sharpie. And they bested what I thought was already the best graffiti I'd ever seen in a bathroom. They made that graffiti say, Tamale Man for Tamalderman. <laughs> Somehow that did not win an Emmy last night. I don't know how. <laughs> Tamale Man for Tamalderman. He's already the Tamalder man of my heart. <laughs> so, vote Tamale guy this November for Tamalderman. <laughs> now I want to change my name to Tim Alderman. <laughs> okay, we are going to keep the show rolling. What do you think about that? We have amazing comedians still in store for you. You can keep clapping because this next one, this next comedian, it's their first time on the show. Do you know what we do here when it's somebody's first time on the show, right? 
We give him a big, warm round of applause. That's right, Cody, thank you. Keep it going for Whitney Chinwood, everybody! Rhea Butcher, keep it going for them, huh? So good. And keep it going for Ryan and Hannah. Behind the scenes. Making it all happen. I live in Chicago, um, and Alderman is the most boring superhero we have. Good. <laughs> it's good to be here. It's great to be in L.A. I live in Chicago. Um, oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a lesbian. What? But your haircut. Um, thank you. Best choice I ever made. Um, also, I have the shoulders of a Schwarzenegger, the voice of a chronic chain smoker, and the jawline of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I was bred for gay shit. You know what I mean? Parents are like, we need a deck. Let's build a dike. Thank you again. Killing it. And I'm in this new, I'm in this new thing now. I'm in a new relationship with someone. Um, it's not, it's not a relationship. Like it's new. We're dating. We're getting to know each other. But I want to scream all my secrets into their mouth. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? Like it's very new. We're getting to know each other. I'm afraid of cows. Like it's a very fresh thing. It's very new. I want to wear their skin. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they're great. They're great. My boo. They're a, they're a comedian as well. And uh, they were leaving to do a show one night, and I was staying at their place. And um, just a uh, little backstory. They, uh, they keep their sex toys in a toolbox, because, of course, they do. <laughs> and they left, and they were like, hey, if you want to get into the get into the toolbox while I'm away, and just, like... Mm. I was like, cool, 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 great, great, great. Love a scavenger hunt where the prize is orgasm. <laughs> and they left, and I open it. I'm, I'm saying they, by the way, they're non-binary. My boo, they use they, them pronouns, uh, which I feel like we all get in here. We're all cool. But I've been trying to, been trying to explain it to my mom recently. Uh, I've been trying to explain it to Karen about... Well, that's my mom's name. Uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. My grandmother's name is Lois. Any other questions? Uh, <laughs> but I've been trying to explain it uh, to my mom recently, my, my boo's gender. And uh, to give you some context to my mom and I's relationship, I was given the sex talk and in the same conversation was informed that Santa Claus wasn't real. So if you're keeping track, uh, I either learned about sex really early or Santa Claus really fucking late. <laughs> and it was the former. I was five. And she had just had a hysterectomy. I thought that meant they took her vagina away. And she was like, no, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> and that led to the sex talk. Uh, and apparently I'm told that at the end of it, I just looked at her and was like, Santa Claus isn't real, is he? <laughs> No fucking idea how he did that one. That, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's an emergency switch in children's heads where, like, once we learn that people put themselves inside of each other, there's no way a bearded dude works for milk and cookies alone. <laughs> but that's what happened. And she gets sexuality, my mom. My mom gets, she gets sexuality. Um, gender's a little trickier. She gets sexuality because I grew up in musical theater. So I grew up around a lot of gay guys and, like, one gay girl who built the sets. And... <laughs> She was my ring of keys. And 
So gender gets tricky. Sexuality she gets, but gender gets tricky. And she'll be talking about my boo, and my mom will say, oh, oh, is she they? Just slow motion running towards acceptance. That's all that's happening. <laughs> but she's getting better. My mom, she's getting better. She's gotten a lot better, actually, which is good. It makes, it makes me feel good and feel like, comforted because I don't fuck I don't I don't know what my gender is I don't have I don't I probably have to have a gender conversation it's I, my gender is always fluctuated somewhere between like Huckleberry Finn and a squirrel in a shoebox <laughs> like I'm either on a journey or furry frantic and in the dark those are the two settings <laughs> ah, but I open the toolbox uh, I open the toolbox and and there's this like this palm looking toy in it and it's got a keychain hanging from it <laughs> oh sex on the go um right what is my partner doing uh partner we don't say partner by the way we say boo we don't say partner because we don't like fucking chaps <laughs> i mean we do but that's not the <laughs> side note from a non-binary perspective the fact that cowboy and cowgirl sound like awesome professions but cow person sounds like something that escaped from a lab <laughs> It's upsetting to... Don't let the cow person out! It's not ready yet! <laughs> but it was, like, it was like a palm. It was a palm and it had a little button on top of it. And I went to... They live in a really nice apartment, uh, my boo. It's really, really nice. And we've talked about living together, maybe. But the last significant other I lived with, uh, she and I rented a room from this older lady named Theta. And Theta had no fucking idea we were gay, which was hilarious because my girlfriend was literally the assistant softball coach at the college in the town. <laughs> fucking, we rented a room, Theta. I'm not assisting her with assisting softball. That's not, we're not <laughs> friends. Theta sat us down when we moved in and was like, girls, I'm cool with anything. I'm just not comfortable with you bringing boys home. <laughs> We were like, cool, us either. Theta, what the fuck? I'm missing half my hair. She only wears cleats. Do the goddamn math. What the hell is... That girlfriend at the time had, a, had OCD, clinical OCD. And uh, like real, like, not like, I like my kitchen clean. I have OCD, which is fucking bananas that people do that. Like, they do it with ADD, too. And like the real clinical thing, like no one like steps outside when it's cold and is like, oh, I'm shivering. I have Parkinson's. Like, that's not how... <laughs> But it was a palm. It was a palm and it had a button on top of it and I pressed the button and like this mist came out. Like a sex mist. And I like to think uh, I'm, in, I'm in control of my life. I like to think I'm in the driver's seat. But I was visiting my hometown of Bartonville, Illinois recently and I was hit by a deer. And I was just walking. That's all that was happening. <laughs> Just leaving my sister's house and this deer came like bounding out of the bushes and knocked into me and knocked me over and took off running and was like, dyke? And I was like, well, it's complicated. <laughs> it was pepper spray, the thing that I found. It's in the wrong fucking toolbox. It burnt like hell. But I never came harder in my entire life. And that was good to learn. You guys have been great. I'm Winnie Showwood. Thanks so much. Let them hear it. Let them hear it. First time I ever went into a sex toy store, I was fully an adult. I was 26 years old. I was in Chicago because I'm from Ohio. So the only sex toy stores in Ohio are like, hmm. 
They're on the side of the road, and it's mostly a viewing booth for truckers. So I didn't go to those. So I went to one in Chicago. I went with my friend. We were just, like, looking at stuff. And I definitely went in with a scared attitude, so I was trying to be all funny about everything, looking at stuff. And I wasn't being rude, but maybe I was, and I apologized to that sex toy store and the sex toys within it. (laughs) So I was, like, looking at stuff, and there were these two cones... And I was like, what the hell? They look like little, like, safety cones or something that you'd, like, put in the back of your car for when you're, like, broken down. I was like, what the hell are these for? So I picked them up. My friend was standing next to me playing with what looked like a keyboard. And so I picked them up. I was like, what are these? And as I turned to her, she pressed one of the buttons on the keyboard. And I said, what do you think? Because they were, like, boob shockers. (laughs) I was like, holy shit, welcome to the sex toy store. Whitney Chidwood, everybody. All right, we have two more comics on the show. How do you feel about that? I know you're sad it's going to be over soon. These two comics are amazing. Um, This next comic, I'm so excited that he's here. Um, You'll understand why when he comes out, but, like, I love him, and he's made me laugh, and you probably too. So please give a warm welcome to Scott Thompson, everybody. Frustrated by decades of discomfort and puzzled by the lack of innovation in intimate apparel, Brie McKean founded Evelyn and Bobby to make smart, functional products that do the job. Evelyn and Bobby rejects outdated assumptions in order to create beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. Evelyn and Bobby's women-led intimates company is rooted in technology and the celebration of the natural form and exists to deliver solutions for real life. It's the best underwear ever, guaranteed. Evelyn and Bobby is made just for you. Their unique softness combined with smooth, flat seams offers a fit so comfortable you'll forget you're even wearing them. And because nude is not one color, Evelyn and Bobby's complexion palette was scientifically developed to match a full range of skin tones to seamlessly blend under light-colored clothing. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes, thong, bikini, and girl short, with four-way stretch that moves with you. Evelyn and Bobby is a great woman-led company, and I love everything that they're doing. So go visit EvelynBobby.com and use code PYHT to get a free pair of knickers with any purpose. That's a $28 value only when you use the code PYHT at EvelynBobby.com. That's E-V-E-L-Y-N-B-O-B-B-I-E.com. Visit to get your knickers today. Holy shit, we are very lucky to have comedians like Scott Thompson on our show. One more time for Scott. All right, we have one final comic left. Are you ready? Great. I spent a lot of time on a boat with this next comedian. That is the only context I'm going to give you. It's a wonderful person. You may have seen his uh, great documentary, The Problem with the Poo. Give it up for Hari Kondabolu, everybody! One place your fucking punchline works! Keep it going for everybody you saw on the show tonight. And you can keep it going for me, Rhea Butcher. I'll see you soon. Have a great night!
your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Women-led Intimates Company creates beautiful, purposeful products to make women's lives better. They've created the best underwear ever, combining unique softness with smooth, flat seams that offer a fit so comfortable, you'll forget you're even wearing them. Evelyn and Bobby comes in three silhouettes and one size that fits many with four-way stretch that moves with you. Visit EvelynBobby.com and use code PYHT to get a free pair of knickers with any purchase. That's a $28 value only when you use the code PYHT at EvelynBobby.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.